Good morning and welcome to another episode of Connections Tech Experience. I'm your host, Penny Conway, Senior Program Manager for Workplace Transformation. And I have quite the expansive panel here with me today, our technology solutions group here at Connection. And instead of me introducing every single one of you and what you do for us here at Connection, I'm going to go around the table a little bit. Bill, let's start with you. What you do here in the technology solutions group and what has brought you to the podcast today? Bill Virtue. I'm a manager in the security practice here at Connection. And my responsibility is on the demand operations side, so what most people refer to as pre-sales. Excellent. Steve. Good morning. Steve Nardoni. I'm the director of our cybersecurity solutions practice as part of TSG. Really happy to be here today. Uh, my whole mission and function in life is to help Connection's customers figure out what their cybersecurity risk is, and then put plans together to help mitigate or control all those big, bad, ugly things that happen out there in the world on a daily basis. Excellent. And Mitch? Um, Mitch Snocky. I'm a senior security engineer in the security practice. I help out with everything uh, from pre-sales, post-sales. I focus on pen testing and uh, network security architecture. Excellent. And Rob, I, you were telling me that you are fulfilling a dream here on the podcast yeah. today. Yeah, dream come true. So thanks for having me. Um, Rob Dijeralmo, manager within our cybersecurity solutions practice. Primary responsibilities are on the project execution side of things. So when we're delivering these um, solutions and services for our customers, is making sure they're going smoothly, as well as working really closely with our engineering team on solution and service development. Awesome. Well, thank you all for joining us here today. Um, You know, looking at uh, cybersecurity and cybersecurity month is in October. Um, The business is booming around security, both in consumer life and in enterprise life. And I actually read a statistic the other day that said that the security industry, cybersecurity industry is supposed to be a $170 billion industry uh, over the next three years. So we want to talk a little bit today, um, Steve, with you and your group, really about um, what security means, not only for us as consumers, but what it means on an enterprise level and what we should really be doing in terms of risk management, which is one of those great like buzzwords, buzz phrases. So Steve, tell us, give us an introduction to general cybersecurity, enterprise security, um, and help us set the stage for today. Sure. So, you know, we have a philosophy in, in uh, TSG and the cybersecurity practice that um, may be a little bit different than what most people think about. Uh, and that is essentially when we talk about risk and threat, we say it's not a matter of if, it's not even a matter of when. You probably already have been compromised and you just don't know it. And we believe that because the cybersecurity professionals are a little bit at a disadvantage with the skills, capability, time, budget that the malicious actors have out there in the big bad world. So we try and focus on advising our customers to think about that as a philosophy. And really what we typically say is prepare for the when, right? Be prepared for when a breach does occur because it is going to happen. I think what's good about that, Steve, is all the members of, or many of the members of our team have walked a mile in our customers' shoes, right? A lot of us have industry experience where we're responsible for managing threat, understanding what that is and, and how to manage risk. And that statement around, is it not a matter of when, it's a matter of now, and how do you protect your stuff and protect your systems now, it's because we've all pretty much experienced that. It's happened to all of us. 
So I think one of one of the things when you um, and I've heard this from customers as well, just kind of talking to them about general end user devices and user security, is how secure is secure. I mean, we look at this hundred and seventy billion dollar industry, and everyone's got kind of all of the buzzwords around security, optimizing and risks and threats, and um, you know, someone might think that they've purchased something that has them completely covered from end to end. But I think at the end of the day, a lot of customers don't even understand what might be duplicating um, efforts on their network or their end user devices, or if they're even adequately prepared. So when, you, when you're working with, with a customer, what is the first thing that you sort of start to evaluate about what's going on and understanding their level of security today? Yeah, so I think Mitch and Bill could probably talk a little bit more detail about technology, but let's address one of the key uh, issues that a lot of the customers we work with face, and that is they believe that they can go out and buy technology and install it, and they're 100% safe. And we all know in the security business, it's people, process, and technology. There's no such thing as a silver bullet, one-size-fits-all security solution. And in reality, you know, I've been saying this all year, and, and some of the talks that I've been doing, uh, cybersecurity is really three parts art, one part science. So there is no real scientific model that you can say, do this and you're going to be secure. It's really an analysis of your risk, of your threat, and trying to figure out what the best process is. Um, but Bill, I know you've dealt with a lot of security technology. What's your thought on, on some of the challenges customers are facing with current technology? Well, I think one of the biggest things is Customers don't understand what their own requirements are. They really don't even know where to start. So being able to get inside the customer environment and understand what it looks like and help the customer shape the requirements and then start to look at the different technologies that might fit those requirements. And I think um, a lot of people go for the cool technology first without trying to figure out what they're actually trying to solve. Um, We see a lot of cases where they buy the next great malware thing but it turned it it fails because um to steve's point uh it's art and science and (laughs) you know uh, as i've been in this industry longer i've always hated uh policies procedures and documentation Um, but when it comes down to it that's what keeps you secure is having repeatable policies and procedures and actually knowing what's in your environment uh, how is it? How it's configured, and how to respond to certain things. Um, nowadays, uh, DLP, for example, um, in the cloud, it's easy. They offer it. It's a it's a little toggle that you just twiddle, and then it's green, and now you have DLP. But there's no thought, or there's usually very little thought behind the process. Well, what am I trying to protect? Um, what is DLP going to flag on? And then. When it flies, what do we do? Right. So that's <laughs> and, and that starts with the with the requirements, right? Like, yes, where is yeah. my sensitive content? What are the policies wrapped around that? How do I protect it? You got to start at the beginning. That's hard for customers. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's cool to have the next next gen security solution here, but without that, figuring out what you actually want to accomplish and how you want to do it, I think that's the most important part. Yeah, one of the biggest fears of the cybersecurity professional going back, you know, eight or ten years ago was that the CIO was on an airplane reading a magazine and the latest and greatest cool thing that was advertised for security was the thing that we were all now uh, targeted to install from a product in an operational perspective. 
uh, and it, you know, it is not uh, the right path to just look at technology. So we talk about um, our mantra is protect, detect, react, which uh, really detection and reaction are the most critical components of a good security risk program today. Uh, is if you're not thinking about again how to identify when something bad happens in your environment. Uh, then you're, you're not thinking the right way. I think the average is about 169 days right now, mean time to detect an event in your environment, uh, and somewhere around 70 days to actually be able to rectify that. So, wow. you know, risk owners are really uh, struggling to keep pace with, you know, all those malicious activities that are happening out there with advanced malware to include ransomware. So it's really important that you, you have a good program. Uh, you know, the art and science piece is really important to understand. And the other part of it as well is you have to understand what your business operational challenges are because if you integrate security in your environment and it makes your business process uh, difficult to maintain, then you're introducing more risk into your environment than, than not. Right. You know what's really, what's something I find really interesting about the whole um, security uh, world in general is that I, I feel like us as consumers have no problem welcoming security risks into our everyday lives <laughs> with, I think we, we were talking a little bit earlier before we hit record was all about, um, you know, Nest cameras and Alexa and all of these things that are watching, listening and learning um, what's going on. And so us as consumers have really felt like we can open the door um, and then we go to work and we go, oh, everything has to be secure. Nothing can get in. I can't share my data. No one can see my data. Um, so how do you, do you guys face that when you're out talking to a customer, trying to like wrap their heads around what's safe and what's not safe in terms of that new tech? I know you're not dealing with technology, but there's sort of consumer brain against what they're trying to do on an enterprise level. Yeah, so uh, from an IoT perspective, right, think about Internet of Things, which is the new buzzword, um, we are finding that consumer technology is making its way into the, uh, into the corporate space as well because it's so easy to integrate. So um, you know, we talk a lot about risks. Uh, there was a, a breach that happened in a casino in the United States not too long ago. And the breach occurred uh, by uh, essentially getting into the thermostatic control in the fish tank that was uh, connected to the internet and the attackers were able to get in, get on the network and begin to steal data out of the casino before they're identified. Most IoT technology has those same types of risks and what's happening in the corporate world is they're installing the technology and not thinking about those risks um, like the passwords are openly available in the configuration files and they're not changing the passwords and so on. So it is a, it is a pretty dangerous world. Different type of phishing attack, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's a true phishing That's attack. Right. Yeah. And I think Rob can probably talk in great detail about, from a consumer perspective, how IoT has penetrated his life. You want to share that, Rob? Well, let me preface with being a security professional doesn't mean I need to live in a bunker. But I have about 14 or so connected devices from a couple of Alexa devices to a couple of light bulbs, thermostats. It's the trade-off between convenience and do I have it for because I'm you know away from my home and I forgot to turn down my thermostat, so I want to be energy conscious, uh, so I do that, or do I just uh, keep my thermostat from you know however long ago and it's all hand dialed? So I prefer the convenience side of things, but with with considerations around protection, right? I need to know what the devices are, what's on the network, and how how am I managing them? So 
And that level of awareness is really important from a consumer perspective. If you're installing the stuff in your home, be aware that you have to have an extra, you know, a little extra diligence and paying attention to the, the potential risks associated with that, which Rob certainly is fully capable of doing. <laughs> I, on the other hand, do not have any IoT-enabled devices in my house. I don't uh, have a Facebook account, uh, so I've, I've gone uh, the draconian model he lives in a bunker yeah (laughs) steve lives in a bunker not necessarily a bunker but you know i think there are ways to be able to secure this technology and if you start doing some research you'll find that there are iot protection devices that are consumer uh, available that you can put in your home that will help you provide an extra level of security i just haven't gotten there yet with the analysis but you can So looking at, Steve, when you say that, you know, you're um, kind of what you guys look for, look at as a practice is protection, detection, and reaction. So let's start with protection. How do you go in and what's the, the consultative experience look like when you're kind of looking across that landscape and how do you even kind of now set up that basic protection for a customer in an enterprise space? Yeah, Bill, you want to talk about the SLO? Uh, so... The security landscape optimization is an assessment that we developed a few years back, and it really looks at that customer environment, so the complete customer environment, their endpoint, their network, their data security, their operational security, how they manage risk and security technology in their environment, and then governance, risk, and compliance, any mandates they're trying to meet. And that's really our starting point for getting an understanding of what a customer environment looks like, what technologies they already have deployed, and then dialing it back to really understand where are the risks in the environment? And that SLO assessment sort of draws that out. Do you find that customers have a, a general understanding of maybe where their weak points are? Or how often do you find you know yourselves doing that SLO and you're discovering things that they had no idea that they were open or you know the potential threats that were there for them? Well, for the most part, when we're done with the assessment and we share the risk back to the customer, they get a sense for, yeah, that's kind of what I expected to see. I knew there was risk, and it's kind of where I saw or I thought I had risk, but it's the details that we draw out of the assessment that they're unaware of. Like, where really are the risks? Where, where the where's risk the root is. of that? And, and how, do I, how do I remediate the risk now? So that's also something else we help with. Have you guys just ever seen a complete mess? After an SLO, like, oh, my God. So, oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, one of my favorite uh, SLOs, you mentioned earlier in the introduction about um, duplication of efforts. There was two teams, you know, same company, but they were siloed. Uh, they both bought the same product. Um, they did not realize they double spent on the same product. And, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of an eye-opener. Right. Um, you know, and it's, uh, sometimes in some instances security is uh, a lone wolf they just say no to people but you know we just want to help and we like we don't want to be a hindrance to the uh, business process we just want to make it secure um, you know going from living in a bunker to uh, installing any IOT thing in the world uh, there's there's a hap- there's a happy medium um, security shouldn't be looked at as uh, a hindrance it should help facilitate uh, the business function, um, I mean, uh, FedRAMP, uh, yep. w- which is huge. Anyone who wants to deal with government contracts, if they're in the cloud, they need to be FedRAMP certified. Right. And getting that certification, um, even though it, it's a long, drawn-out process, uh, 
once they got that, it made them do certain things to, you know, at least the minimum basic security stuff. So government can use it. It's secure. And it also opens up a bunch of business opportunity. Right. People hear that the government's using something and they go, oh, we must, that must be safe. Yeah. <laughs> we should yeah. use that. Yep. <laughs> Well, they're very they're very uh, good about uh, process and uh, control, and so you know generally, if you've gone through and you've been approved to work in a government environment, you really have sort of checked a bunch of additional boxes, which is really good. And so, you know, commercial corporations can learn from that as well by looking at the same kind of technology, right? Um, uh, but you know there is uh, you know interesting um, analysis that needs to take place um, associated with overall technology. In you know you asked the question about have we ever seen a mess with the SLO? So you know there are like twenty seven technology components and eleven process components in the SLO, and we score them based on a heat map, right? So red's bad, uh, and we've had a few <laughs> where um, you know red has been predominant, right? Very high risk across the spectrum. But again, in those environments, you know, the other question you ask, the customer usually is not overly surprised about that. The, the interesting part about this process is they have a pretty good handle. I'd say it's probably 75% of what we find. They say, yep, I kind of expected that. 25% is, hey, this is a revelation that's really important that we address. So, The important thing about the SLO, it's uh, we're measuring risk based off of their viewpoint. So it's not us coming in saying, oh, that's very risky. Right, it's right. them uh, telling us how they feel about the risk is. You know, it, it does help out a lot. A lot of our customers like the um, the report because it's, you know, easy to read as red, bad, green, good. Right. <laughs> uh, so they can share it and use it to justify, um, you know, additional purchases. And uh, helps them do a long, uh, develop a long-term strategy as opposed to just buying, uh, you know, point solutions or the next great next-gen thing. And, what, yeah. and another thing that's great is it's this consultative approach. Clients don't really get that, right? They don't get to leverage expertise in the industry to say, this is the stuff that we're doing today. How does that relate? Or what would you, what's mm -hmm. your take on it, right? They don't get that sounding board. And it's really important. And it, the customers just love that experience. I think it's, it's huge. Yeah, and I think when you look at how big the industry is going to be, I, and the you know the beginning of that first stat was of the seventy hundred and seventy billion. Is that just in the last year, five billion dollars um, have has been invested um, from venture capitalists into all of these new startup security companies? So I think everyone's looking to sell a product to, to sell that piece that makes a customer go, "Oh, I'm secure because I installed this," um, and they're not getting that consultative experience to know where their weaknesses are, what the full, you know, full picture looks like for them. And it sounds like the SLO process can really help them with that. So once you get through that SLO process and you see where their weaknesses is, weaknesses are, um, you now move into the detection phase. And so what does that look like for a, a company that you're working with where they're now seeing what's hitting their um, potential firewall or getting past their fire, firewall? Well, as, as part of the SLO, we make recommendations on how they can mitigate risk that we uncover. So that recommendation is, you know, to Rob's point, that's really that roadmap of, I have all this technology. I, I really don't know whether or not it works well for me. Um, you've uncovered the risk in my environment. Now make some recommendations on how I can lower that risk. And that's part of the SLO as well. And customers really appreciate that because they do get that experience from all of us on the team where we see all different types of customers all different kinds of technology so 
that's really what they're looking for is that kind of help. And we do cover all three of those components as part of the SLO. So, you know, for example, detection uh, is talked about with advanced threat, threat sandboxing. We talk about reaction with um, security information, event management tools and log management. And then we talk about process as well. So we give the customer a really good perspective of their overall uh, ecosystem risk. But then what we want to do is get in there and validate with very deep technical security testing to determine where they have flaws and vulnerabilities and how those things might be exploited. So that's really sort of the next step in really trying to validate whether or not they have the appropriate detection and reaction capability in the environment. And that that point helps the question we hear probably every time we get on a call, which is, the, can you help me with, I don't know what I don't right. know? Yes. That's right. <laughs> and that, that testing and analysis really helps with that, right? It helps understand where the actual risks are the, on the systems that, and, and as well as inventory, right? That's a huge thing is understanding your asset inventory. Right. Um, that helps as well. So are you seeing, and in, in kind of when you're working with customers, we know that data is uh, the new currency. That's what we we keep hearing. And we're seeing a lot of attacks on um, state and local government. Um, Of course, the big companies like Equifax and the big target hack um, of the what that was just a couple couple years ago, where we're seeing, uh, you know, huge enterprise companies have these hacks that are really affecting consumers, and the data that you know, might be out there from a consumer level. But I, I'm wondering, and it's just my general curiosity, do you think that there are, there's more hacking happening, more of that phishing, more of those threats that are taking place within companies and there's kind of like an embarrassment about saying what's going on or that they're being hacked? Do you think it's kind of like a hush-hush or are people, you know, getting more secure and kind of locking that down. I'm wondering kind of what the landscape looks like. Is there an embarrassment when you get hacked or um, should it be public news? Well, that's a great question. Uh, You know, and of course, many states um, and many corporations have rules and regulations associated with when they need to uh, be able to notify associated with a breach, right? You mentioned a couple of big ones. You know, Marriott was one that just uh, hit. Uh, a little while ago as well. Um, you look at, you know, in the in the government, right, you had several, city of Atlanta, city of Baltimore. So all of those are, are events that are, are continuing to happen. Um, but I think, you know, we see sort of two different types of personalities when we're dealing with risk owners. One is, you know, somebody that really wants to make sure that they understand and have risk documented completely and thoroughly and have a roadmap, a risk register, a risk roadmap of how they need to uh, actually remediate the risk. And then on the other side of the coin, as you've indicated, there were risk owners that think if if they know I have risk in my environment, I look bad. And we try and, and encourage anybody that doesn't think about understanding risk and risk management and good skills uh, to work with us to help us create a strategy so that they can develop that roadmap. But, you know, as far as, as notification is concerned, you know, we, we typically see pretty good response uh, in the companies we work with as far as when they need to notify. But on the whole, I think, uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of companies are getting breached um, and they're just not notifying because again, it, you know, brand, they don't want right. to, you know, and, diminish and their brand standing and uh, embarrassment. Um, I mean, there's countless companies got that got breached because, of, you know, someone stood up a web server for testing and never took it down. So, going to the know what you have right. <laughs> before you can protect. I also think there's breaches that go unreported too. <clears throat> there's a lot of things that happen that 
just don't get reported. But every state does have a breach notification law. So it depends right. on the number of records, the type of data, uh, things like that, whether or not they have to notify law enforcement or HR or legal. So there's two sides to it. Yeah, it's if it's worth reporting. That's right. So looking at the the entire kind of uh, cybersecurity topic and, you know, you, showing customers where their weak points are, uh, where areas of improvement are. But I think what kind of wraps all of this around is just general awareness about security, not only for those stakeholders, but for end users, like the people who are actually maybe making them susceptible to attacks through their everyday behavior. So what are you um, guys seeing or have opinions on sort of that awareness for users themselves around uh, cybersecurity and security in general? It's, it's easy to, to say this, but it's, it's pretty much a fact, right? The users are the weakest, weakest link in any um, organization, right? They're, they want to be helpful. They want to encourage other people by, by helping them. So they're going to open emails. They're going to click links. And when we get the question, how do I stop phishing attacks? The best way is to train your users, right? And that's, it might start with knowing how bad the problem is. So doing some actual phishing testing, understanding how bad or prevalent the issue is in your organization, and then focusing on those users that might be susceptible to opening those emails or clicking the links, um, that's where a lot of the breaches where you see in the industry are starting from, right? It's from these emails that are, you know, someone's masquerading as HR saying, open this file, it's important, or please uh, fax over some money because we, we uh, you know, you have an invoice that's been outstanding for 45 days and someone transfers a whole bunch of money over to somebody. So um, it really is helping train those users going through, you know, either it's you're developing your own training program, getting some help with um, doing the testing, getting some help building out that program, uh, but that, that really is the, the part that you can't stress enough is that users really are the weakest link in the chain and, and knowing how to help equip them to understand when something is real and when it isn't uh, is, is very valuable. Yeah, we always talk about the fact that um, if you're a cybersecurity professional protecting an environment, you got to get it right every time. If you're a hacker, you only need to get mm -hmm. it right once, right? That's one of Mitch's <laughs> favorite sayings he uses all the time. Um, but the ability to be able to train users to really respond to that. There are two really critical things that are important from a, an awareness perspective. One is to create an environment where your users know what to do if they see something, right? So you hear in the airports all the time, if you see something, say something. It's really critical that they know exactly what their their response should be if they feel like something is happening either from a physical security perspective or a technical security perspective. And the other is to do uh, phishing testing and social engineering testing on a regular basis to actually measure your employees' capability to be able to respond to those things that are happening. Because, again, we all know phishing and ransomware are rampant out there right now today. Right, right. And becoming more sophisticated every, every single day. That's correct. Yep. Yeah. So awesome. Uh, we have a lot more to talk about. I'm going to have you guys back to talk about um, with a couple of our partners to talk a little bit about endpoint security, cloud security, and all of that great stuff. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Connection Tech Experience. And for all of those of you who are listening, please reach out to our technology solutions group so you can understand where your potential weaknesses are and how we can help give you a roadmap to protect against them. Thanks so much, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, thanks.